How y'all doing? Welcome to Let's Get This Right. This is uh, your classmate, Anthony, and I'm here with Tyler Marks, and he was a part of the Flight 22 crew. Um, first question for Mr. Tyler Marks is, how did you get into coaching? Um, through my dad. My dad coached me from all the sports that I played as long as I can remember up until basketball, probably in high school, and then I stopped playing, but I wanted to be kind of wanted to coach after that and listening to how much he enjoyed it and impacting kids was kind of something that I wanted to do when I started. Is kids the reason why he was coaching or is it just the love for the game that you? Probably both. At first it was the love for the game, but a previous job of mine that I had let me work with kids. So then kind of teaching them during that job and then transitioning that into actually coaching with them was really fun and kind of learn more from kids than you actually imagine when you're a coach. Pretty fun. I understand that. So you getting um, brought up by your dad into coaching. So how did that upbringing impact your coaching style and uh, the way you coach the kids? My dad was all about having fun before winning. He wanted you to go out there and give it your best, win or lose. You're always a winner. He would always preach that. We'd always talk about how much fun we needed to have when we would go out there. So that kind of transitioned to mind. Like guys are like, man, like y'all are elite basketball players. Go out there and have some fun, man. It's not all about winning and losing and stuff. You guys are going to get where you need to go. Just keep that same attitude and roll with it. And coaches look for that. And that's what I've done. So talking about winning and losing. So how do you um, address your players when they lose versus when they win? Versus uh, when they win, it's obviously, you know, it's all high praises. Like, y'all played awesome and stuff like that. When they lose, it's kind of a little bit of a talk about, hey, like, these are the areas that we need to focus on. And these are the areas that we need to be better. Like, say we shot 61% as a team from the free throw line. Like, all right, guys, look, we left. 16 free throws, 16 points, we lost by eight. You make those, we win by eight. It's a different story. Try not to jump on them too much, you know, just give them a little bit of a stern talking to, but you still gotta make sure that you're the supportive role there because some of those kids at home don't have that supportive role. So it could be taking them as, as talking down to them, get them in their fields and stuff like that. And that's not what you want. And their feelings. So as a coach, are you like more of a player coach that, you know, wants the relationship with their players or are you more of strictly basketball or you know do what i say kind of want them to i'm more of a player coach i want them to be my uh want them to be my friend i mean you gotta have that relationship with them in order for them to like you know if they ever have a hard problem off the court that they can come talk to some of them don't have that guy role in their life you know some live with their moms not even live with their moms or the foster parents stuff like that you want them to be able to trust in you and confide in you things that may not pertain to basketball but that they can come talk to you about so you can help them succeed further in life after that talk about being friends um what what is exactly the age group um you're coaching uh, my age group was high school so it was um high school seniors unsigned seniors so it was the aau circuit trying to get them where they needed to go we would play all over north carolina some tournaments in georgia we'd go down to florida it was a, a pretty high high class circuit um we'd win a lot of the tournaments that we'd go down to actually had uh recently two kids uh one went on walked on ecu now got a scholarship and the other one had a scholarship to Wichita State, uh, declined to go there, and is now actually at Cape Fear right now at the JUCO um, and, and getting looked at by all kinds of big colleges now. He's going to play one more year there, and he's gone. But they always said, they always talked to me, like, thank you for what you've done, for helping us get there and stuff. And just even as an assistant coach, you know, our assistant coaches were awesome doing that. They loved they loved the kids, try to get them there. And they would always come back to us, talk to us, like, hey, look, this is how y'all helped me out. 
this is how y'all got me there. And you know, that, that age group, it's all about getting to the next level. And that's where we try to help our kids get. Nice. Well, two questions from that, from what you just said. One question is, uh, how do you um, help out with the kids? Like, I'll reword this question for you. <laughs> when a kid gets an offer on the same team, or the same team as a kid that does not get the offer, like, how do you uh, encourage the encourage the kids with no offers or the kids with offers? Just keep telling them to go out there and play their game because – you got certain pools of coaches you can talk to. College scouts, college coaches that come to the game, they ask you about them. You know, you, you, you throw out the throw out the little lure there, the fishing lure, and kind of reel them in and stuff. And for the ones that don't get it, you know, the ones that don't get there, they, they know that they're out there playing and they're giving it their best, and that's all they can do. Most of the kids that we've had have walked away with offers, whether or not be a D1 offer. Like, and some of them know it. Some of them are like, look, I'm probably a D2, D3 player, but I'm going to go play basketball. It's like, okay, dude, we're going to give you – the best option and the best team that we can find, just stay with us and listen to us. But it's more of like the encouragement role, like, hey, like, like just because he got that doesn't mean you're out of it. Just keep playing your game, do your thing out there. When you go, you'll find somewhere. Does that, does that, well, trying to balance the kids with offers and kids with no offers and like the level of play, like, does that affect your coaching? Doesn't affect the coaching, makes the decisions hard on like who you need to like have taken that last second shot or how you need to run certain plays to people. Because we get that in the AAU circuit, you know, you're, it's everybody for everybody and stuff. But we try to inquire that 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 team feel and that family feel. And we play, and, and they did a good job. I mean, some of these kids have never played with each other and don't even know who each other are. You just hear them throughout the state. You put them together. Some of them know that some of these kids are getting high D1 offers. Other ones aren't even getting looked at. So when you mix those guys together, you just have to build that chemistry up and have them kind of, you, you got to kind of have them just collaborate with each other and, and try to mesh them into a family. And they were good about it. I mean, the ones that are getting offers, you know, you look on Twitter, you see they have blessed to receive an offer from so-and-so from High Point. One of our boys would quote that to you and be like, that's awesome, man. Keep up the good work, you know, and that's the kid that doesn't have any offers, but it's still that family build. And even the ones with the D1 offers are still, they're not looking down on the teammates. They're building them up and trying to help them get their stats right, get that game right so they can move on and do it too. So it's a good family feel. Is that is that family feel because of the way the coaches for Flight 22 built that culture or just because how genuine the kids are? Um, some of the kids are genuine. For sure, no doubt about that. But then some of them also have that like that hard background that they came up with and stuff that they really reserved just for keeping them to themselves and stuff like that. So the coaches kind of have to pry in there to make sure, um, put put them up in nice hotels. You know, some of them are like, oh, this is really awesome. We've never really done this before. Like, you know, they, they love that kind of feel. Some of the coaches um, that I've seen, some of our coaches have actually spotted kids when they're hungry. I mean, like, not just like, you know, like like five, 10 bucks, like, you I mean, you know, like 50 bucks and stuff like that for the weekend. and. That's kind of how we're just trying to help them out as much as we can so they stay with us and then so we can get them to the next level where they can get some of these things paid for, meal plans and college and stuff like that and have that stuff paid for for them. Sounds like a very good character from uh, coaches and from the players. Um, do you... For a coach, how do you value character? For, for me, it's, it's super important. You need to have a good character to play basketball. We don't want, I mean, Flight 22 prides itself on, you know, you got to have that that team first character, but we don't want you to have a sense of feeling, you know, like 
we want you to be the best you can be on the court and off the court. So, you know, a little community service here and there, not getting into trouble, no legal trouble on the court, no texts, no, you know, no running your mouth and stuff. And I get it, like, it, it's kids, kids get on their mouths and stuff like that. We'll let it go a couple of times, you know, but then it's just like, hey, it's like, tone it down. It's like, let your game speak for yourself. You're, you know, you're, you're, you're here. Keep going. I don't want you to drop down and stoop to everybody else's level with the, with the trash talking and stuff. And that's just not, to me, that's not how you play basketball, but I know it's getting to that point in time now, so. Very interesting. Um, you talk about, you spoke about coaching kids from uh, different areas in the state. So what's one way you coach diverse athletes? Diverse athletes. So we, I'll tell you this, we had on my team, we had, two, I believe it was three, three white kids on our team and stuff like that. And, and they were phenomenal too. And we had, we had a mixed diverse, we had an Indian from uh, Pembroke. And, and Indians and Pembroke with the black community don't get along great. And there was a couple, little bit of a feud with them because they were rival high schools. So you know, you, you had to mesh them into being, you had to mesh them into being like a, being a team and being a family and stuff like that. You had to put your differences aside. Like, you know, you're trying to go to college, you're trying to go to college, you know, get them to talk it out. And they actually did. And it turned, we, we turned in, we were 27 and four this past year, which is probably one of the best records that we have. We were all over, the um, Under Armour circuits all over the place, you know, it was, it was a good deal, but having diverse athletes, you, know, you just kind of have to like pertain to their needs and stuff like that with what they need, you know, talk to them about what they have, what they need to hear and stuff like that. With the Black Lives Movement around here going on right there, we all joined hands together on that one. We, we put patches on our uniforms. We wanted, you know, we wanted to be outspoken and we were there for them. Anything they had to say, anything they needed, 100% there for them the entire time. So talking about uh, bringing everybody together, how did you motivate your players? And so um, we were a family. Other teams can't say that. You know, you see other teams arguing, bickering with each other. And, and... So I motivate my players in... Yeah, I mean, there are different ways to motivate them. Um, midway through the game, uh, one of the example that we had was just just looked out of it. The kid looked out of it, was running through the motions, wasn't really, just didn't look like he was there. So I told him, I was like, hey man, come have a seat and I'll put somebody in off the bench. And then I looked at him, I was like, look, I was like, until you get back into the right headspace, I was like, that's where you're gonna sit. A little tough love on that one. He was, uh, wasn't happy, but probably about Four minutes into the fourth quarter, he's like, I'm, I'm, I'm there, coach. And I was like, are you sure? And it was that eye connection where you could see that he was locked in. It's like, all right, go check in. And he checked in and brought the game home for us. But sometimes there's different ways to motivate him. There's other ways to do it. Um, I like to tell him sometimes, like, hey, man, like you see that, that line over there is going to be full of coaching scouts. He goes, y'all want to play? Play your best, like I always tell you. Play to impress. Like, you guys, you guys do it. Don't do anything too fancy. Straight up team play like we've been doing and you'll be good. And that's kind of how they get motivated and hopefully they take that and learn that in college with them too. So do you think your players respond better to tough love than uh, them being, I guess the word soft is not the word, but yeah, you, you, you know what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. I wouldn't say that the tough love, there, there is a, a fine line between obviously tough love and then just being absolutely hard on somebody and, and and that's not what we try to do. There are some times where you have to have some serious conversations with them, and like, look, you, you, you gotta wake up, like, you gotta, you know, 
this isn't going to help you get where you need to go. Like, if you need to talk to me, talk to me, what's up? But you need to wake up. And there, there's tough love times where, you know, you have to do that. But there's also times where you kind of have to, you know, some of them are sensitive and you have to understand your players, the, the, the attitudes and the vibes that you get off them. So they could be, you know, these kids could be coming from things happening at home that you don't really know about or living the greatest life you've ever seen at home. But you just have to kind of, coddle to their needs and make sure that, that you're helping them, but you can't do it too much to where it's like, oh, we're going to use coach for this, or we're going to get him there for this. So you gotta, there's got to be that fine line of, of helping them, but being hard on them at the same time so they understand that it's not all given to them. They have to work and play to the best of their ability. Talk about playing best to your ability and helping them. Um, would you describe that as your coaching philosophy, or is it something different? Um. My, yeah, mine's play to your, the best of your ability, but while you're doing it, have fun because nobody wants to play basketball and not have fun. It's supposed to be a fun game. You're, supposed, you're out there with four of your closest teammates. You're out there with your bench players, five of your closest other teammates on the bench, and your coaches. And you're supposed to be having a good time, and we want you guys to have fun while you play, but obviously we want you to play to the best of your ability to where possibly go somewhere with us you know you could possibly be seen on national tv in a couple of years playing basketball that's that's what we want for you we want you to follow your dream have fun doing it but also know when it's time to, to lock in and be super serious but you gotta have fun while you do it or else it turns into a job that turns not fun then you don't want to play so talking about job jobs have managers so before you started coaching um was one aspect of management you wish you knew sooner before you started coaching? Um, probably managing, probably load management. Definitely managing that because these these kids play 40, 40 uh, minutes. Some of these kids play 40 minutes in a 40 minute game. And, and you know, that's that's a lot, for, even for a kid. And we're playing four or five games a day. And you put some of these kids 40 minutes like that, that, that that's wearing tear on the body no matter how old you are. Fatigue, risk of injuries. And I, I wish I had known that a little bit better instead of playing, you know, like your star player and overloading him with tasks instead of playing everybody kind of equally, having them out there and making sure everybody, we try to make sure everybody gets the same playing time, but when you need that last second shot or something like that, you know, you're going to go to your star, tired or not, see if he's got it in and step up. And I wish I had known a better way of not producing him to be tired throughout the game and having him fresh for the last couple of seconds and stuff. And Roy Williams actually, you know, everybody's like, Dude, you just made three three-pointers in a row. Why are you taking them out? Roy's a great example of that. He knows load management, knows how to get them primed and ready for the last five or six minutes of the game to win. So. Talking about Roy Williams and being on the AAU circuit, um, how do you recruit these players to come to your team? All of our recruitments just basically uh, word of mouth. Oh, we like to put out flyers for the Wilmington area where we're located and based off of. Um, but after that... Twitter's a good way to get it out there. You know, people start retweeting it and say, hey coach, I got a friend that wants to come out here and try. Can we do that? It's like, yeah, you got open tryouts, let's go. You know, you always hear about some of these kids through our high school and you see them consistently putting up stats, 20 points a game and stuff in high school. That's impressive. And you're like, okay, let's, you know, let's try to go after this one, see if he does this. You'll, you'll try to make contact with them, get a time for him to come over here and hang out, get the feel of the vibe and stuff. And you just kind of put a team together that play and that wants to play and you know they're all friends or friends of somebody that's heard of it and you build that culture together and that's kind of how you just recruit a team that is a team plays like a team and wins like a team 
talking about Roy Williams, uh, recently we we listened to uh, a Jackie Manuel podcast, and he explained how his um, you should have that mentality that you should be the best team or the best player or the best coach. And uh, if you're not going out there to be the best, you shouldn't be out there at all. So that pretty much ties into what you were saying about your team philosophy and stuff like that. Um, I really liked how you said that though. But um, what are some cues you use for your for your players uh, on the basketball court? So we have we have different symbols, different calls for obviously different plays and stuff like that. Um, we are a teal and blue color team with five twenty two arch jerseys. These are sponsored by Under Armour, so we use the teal and the blue kind of off of like the UNCW colors a little bit there. Throw that teal in there, and um, so teal is our full court press. And blue is man to man, and then if we're in a zone, if they if they break the press, you know we're gonna go and call we're just call a two three zone. We don't really run zones much because most colleges are in a man to man defense, like you know your Syracuse, which is a stout two three. But we practice a little bit of both. You know, you get a team that um, that kind of has like phenomenal big men and stuff like that that are bigger than us. We're going two three to try to just see if we can get as many bodies around them at the same time as we can. So we'll be able we'll just call out, hey, look two three. We'll do a diamond cutter like Rashad McCann's did all based off of UNC stuff uh, for our 131 press, which is what we like to stay in. We want that fast pace, up tempo defense. We want to hawk to the ball, cause turnovers, and we want to score. We want to score, score, score. We want to be the highest scoring team in the tournament. And that's how we do it, just to keep that up pace tempo. And we don't want to fall into that Virginia offense or let somebody that has that Virginia type offense set up their offense and pass it around for 30 seconds before you shoot like we, we want to be up there we want to get it going we want to be up paced up tempo so those are the cues we use and then when we're just drawing up plays you know if there's somebody that's torching us for 20 points in a game in the third quarter we just draw a little star where we want to push this guy to his weak side make sure that you know this is this is where we want him on the defensive board and we'll, we'll have a defense angle towards that and just focus on one sometimes so it's just a bunch of little symbols and different calls to help that happen nice the sounds like you model your team's game out there UNC a lot, which should be more modeled around Duke, but that's definitely okay. Um, one, the last question I have for you is, um, what do you have to say about anything about coaching or any advice or any learning experience can you give uh, to a new beginner coach? If you're a new beginner coach, the whole thing is most of get to know your players. Don't be that coach that just shows up, coaches, and then goes home. Kind of understand where they're coming from. Have them understand where you're coming from. Uh, try to build that relationship with them on and off the court. Make sure you know, like, if they have anything in their personal life they need to talk about that they may not have somebody to talk to. Let let you be there for that one. You know, if there's other things such as like you know just, just any advice on the court that you can give them, you know, bring them to the side, help them out if they're helping if they're having trouble with their studies ask if there's a way that they can help out just get to know your players but also be an inspirational figure for them that when they get to where they're going later on in life they'll be like look well one of my coaches was the one that sent me here and this is the guy that i owe all the props to because you want to make sure you mold these kids into our future which is what they are any any other comments things you want to say off your heart about coaching uh Love it. I'm good with it. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Nice to meet you, Tyler Marks. Nice to meet you.